0: Come stand up here, because everybody's got to be able to see. All right. Who wants to go first? Not, me. not you. That means you're going to go first. What? All right, step up here. All right. Um, now, I need you all to do me a favor, but you, you got to trust me, okay? I'm going to give him something, but you have to turn around and not peek. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Actually, Emma, I tell you what, I need, I need you to look, but I need the two of you to turn around and look the other way. Trust me. Go ahead. Turn around. Okay, now, don't give any, any hints here. Emma, are you watching? Okay, you ready? Wait, no. This pocket. Hold that up. Is that a long piece of string? Yes or no? Not really, no. Not really. All right. Wind it up. Put it in your pocket. Don't show anybody. Okay. Now you can stand back here next, Emma. All right. You're next. Come here. I can't look yet. Unwind it and tell me if that's a long piece of string. Hold it up. Huh? It is pretty long. Pretty long? Is it long or not? What do you think? It's long. It's long? we medium-sized. Okay. Put, it, put it in your pocket. Or medium-sized? OK. I don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's really hard. All right. Go, go
0: stand over here. All right. Which one was the long piece of string? What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Emma, which one was long? His. Okay. All right. I need three of y'all to go sit down. I got one more example. Emily, you stay up here with me. You ready? All right. Y'all, y'all can go sit down. Come on over here. Now you can keep this string. Just be good with it. All right. I, I've got twenty dollars here, and I'm going to play a game. Would you like to play a game? Whoever wins gets twenty dollars. What do you think? Sure, okay. Uh, you don't even have to put your own money down. That's all me right there. How about whoever has the longest string wins? All right. You, you come up here so everybody can see. What do you think? What do you all think? Is she going to win? No? you think they're the same size? Here, hold it up over your head so we can see it real well. Like, hold both ends, stretch it out. We want to make sure you get them nice and, and stretch. Hold it up over your head like, like this. Let's see. Hold on just a second. I'm not sure. Um, hold on just a second. Hold that thought. Okay. <laughs> now who's got the longest string? Huh? OK, thank you. I appreciate that. Hmm. Thank you for my string back. We'll make it up to you later, I promise. Wasn't very fair, was it? Cut her string in half. She doesn't have the longest string anymore, does she? All right, keep that in mind. I don't do a lot of object lessons, so you're welcome. Uh, I want to read uh, just one verse today in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. This is the one I, I heard a few weeks ago in the daily audio Bible, and it caught my attention this year more than usual. Paul is giving a defense of who he is and the things that he's preaching, and he does a little bit of uh, boasting, if you will, and he does this, he says foolishly, but he's trying to compare himself and draw a distinction between a few others who had crept into this church and were teaching things that were incorrect and inappropriate. And then he says a very interesting thing in 2 Corinthians um, 10 and uh, 12. Whoops, let me turn on page here. Let me start with verse 11. Let such a one think this, that such as we are in the word by letters when we are absent, much will we also be indeed and we are present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that condemn themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves among themselves are not wise. or a different translation. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without wisdom. You see, what I asked the younger ones to do was to try and compare something. It was silly. It was a piece of string. But they were trying to compare the length. And so the first two I asked, without being able to see it, who has the longer string? And of course, if you have nothing to compare it to, it seems long or short, doesn't it? If I'd given them 15 yards, they would have clearly known that one is longer than the other. But I gave them a few feet, and they had to decide without seeing the other one. And then I had one who didn't see either who tried to tell me which one was the longest, and they couldn't do that. And then I had one who watched who knew, and because the one who watched had a comparison, right? The point of all this, and I'll just get to the point really quickly, is we have gone throughout our lives, and we like to compare ourselves to ourselves and then pat ourselves on the back saying we do good things. And the question really is, what's the standard? What's the measure? What is the comparison? You see, Paul in this letter has pointed out that others who are in the church are trying to falsely build themselves up and they're just comparing themselves with themselves. And you know what? If I just compared myself to myself, I'd look pretty good, wouldn't I? In fact, I might even reach perfection because if i'm the standard then i clearly am reaching it whether i'm high or whether i'm low right whether i'm doing well or not and so we must be very 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 careful that we do not do this that we do not compare ourselves to ourselves and we certainly can't compare ourselves necessarily to others Either way, when we start comparing ourselves to other people or to our own standard, what we do is we uh, have inappropriate or disproportionate opinions about ourselves. We saw this. There was a big movement, especially when I was younger, with self esteem, and we told every child they were special and perfect and couldn't do any wrong, and they believed it. It's led to a lot of problems because that's not the case, and it's not. The truth now certainly everyone is special but everyone can do wrong and certainly you should have some level of self-esteem but the problem is we begin to measure ourselves by ourselves and if i think it's right then it is right and we see where that has taken us down a very very dangerous path in our society today so basically what we're seeing here in the scripture is an example of people who are making themselves the standard of excellence they're making themselves the standard of excellence and they may even be satisfied with their own attainment. And so we think about this in many ways. And if you have a, uh, something you enjoy doing, whether it's making music, we appreciate that this morning, or painting or building something or writing things or teaching or speaking or whatever it is that you do, we all attain to something that's a little bit beyond where we, should, where we are. At least that's what we should do, right? We should all strive for mastery. And whatever God gave us to do, we should be doing that with all of our strength and our mind. And we should be uh, putting that up. But we should be looking to someone who is um, better than us in some respects to try and meet that goal to be better, to measure how well we do. The way in which I teach when I'm at the university is different now than it was... Whew, A decade ago, the way in which I preach this morning is different from the way I did in 2013 when I began. And the point is this, that we have to look to something that is outside of ourselves. Because if we measure ourselves by our own selves, we have a false standard. And we have to look beyond measuring ourselves against other people, too, because other people are fallen as well. It is our goal and desire to do well at what it is that we do. We must be very, very careful about pride and self-complacency. So, you'll notice that I did something there at the end. I cut her string, didn't I? That wasn't very nice. I'm sorry, Emma. Thank you for cooperating, though. You ever known somebody... I'll ask you if you've known somebody, rather than if you've done this yourself. Have you ever known somebody who recognized that they didn't measure up? So what they do to the person who did? They cut them down. Hmm. Hmm. You ever known somebody who didn't measure up? And so they cut down the other person to feel better about themselves. Now, sure, this doesn't happen in a church, does it? (laughs) Uh (coughs) Uh-oh. Ben's getting personal now. It can. It absolutely can, and it absolutely does sometimes. We must be sure that we have the right standard. We must be sure that we measure up to the standard, and we must not be cutting other people down because they're a little bit further along the journey than we are. And so when we look outside of the church, we see things like that are rampant in our society. Well, this is my truth, and therefore it's true because I say that it is. This is my experience, and you can't have possibly had the same experience. Therefore, you have no insight into my situation, which is all inward looking. I feel this way, therefore it is. What does the Bible say about the heart? It's wicked and deceitful. Do you know that? Like, you can't trust your own heart. You can't trust your own emotions all the time. This is where it gets really hard inside the church or in spiritual matters because God often speaks to us through that still, small voice. And it can be hard to know whether it's our heart that's deceiving us or the Lord that's prompting us to do something. How do we know? We measure it against what? The truth. And again, we think about other people who are outside the world who think they're better than someone. And when they can't quite measure up, they want to come along and cut them down. And as I mentioned, we see this inside the church. Sometimes too, we see all these things happen. We also see people maybe inside the church who will say, well, this is my belief or my interpretation of the scripture, or I know this is true about the Bible or the Bible says so many times I have people present to me these things that they find absolutely true, oftentimes to make themselves feel better, and it's clear they haven't even read the verse before or after the one that they're pitifully quoting. And so we must be very careful about this. It is very, very dangerous for a man to make himself the standard of excellence. And when I say man today, I mean mankind in the old English sense. It's foolishness for a man to make himself the standard of excellence. What ends up happening is we're blind to reality, we don't understand our own character, and we begin to be inflated with pride. And so we must look outside of ourselves to another standard. And when we do that, as I've mentioned before, and I've spoken recently with several folks about this, we're hardwired to worship something. And so when we find something that we think is outside of ourselves, it is a standard, we begin to be devoted to it. And that's right and good if it is Jesus Christ. If it is not, then we are following a wrong standard. We are not measuring up to what we should be, but we don't even know it because we are blind. It's just like the two trying to guess which string is longer when you don't see the other one. You don't know. You have no idea. You might think you get the longest string in the world, and in reality, you don't. Or you might think you had the shortest, and then you see one that's even shorter. That's how the Scripture describes those who are lost in their sin, that they're blind. They have no idea that they're even lost until it is revealed to them through the Spirit of God and through the Word of God that they finally realize and they finally see, if you will, for the first time, that I don't measure up. You just don't really understand. This is very, very common. We are very self-satisfied. We are very pleased with our own character and our own level of accomplishment. And we don't like comparing ourselves to others when we feel like we're inferior. And sometimes when we feel inferior, as I said, we cut people down, we undervalue them. And sometimes we just say, well, they're different. I'm not going to even consider them so what is the proper standard of conduct what is the proper measure well turn to first corinthians so back a few pages we're going to leave second corinthians and go to first corinthians i'm going to read a few verses out of the first chapter on the whole the first chapter here really talks about this topic i think i'll begin um In verse 19, first Corinthians chapter one, verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy wisdom and the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where's the scribe? Where is uh, the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jew and Greek Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For, ye, for you see your calling, brethren, not that many wise men after the flesh, not that many mighty, not that many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And the base things are of the world... The things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not, to bring not things that are. And no flesh should glory in his presence, but him that are in Christ Jesus, of who God has made unto, unto us wisdom and righteousness, the sanctification and the redemption, that according to the, as it is written, he that glorieth in him glory the Lord. And so we see that Paul is laying out again this idea that the scriptures are revealing to us the truth that all the things that we think are so important, wisdom and knowledge and all the things we can get and learn from this world are complete rubbish and not a standard that we can actually live up to. That we think we know the truth, that we go and we compare ourselves constantly. Do I have more money than this person? Do I have more fame? Do I have more wealth? Do I have more prestige? Do I have more... Likes on social media. Whatever it is you want to fill in. We're constantly comparing ourselves to ourselves and to other people. But the scripture clearly reveals to us that all of this is foolishness and wisdom. Because there is one thing and one standard with which we should rest. And that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified and resurrected. Why is it done this way? Why do we have this thing called preaching? That seems pretty silly, doesn't it? You ever stopped and thought about it? Maybe maybe some of you thought about it too much. You come here every week, and you listen to this guy ramble on, sometimes depending on how much water Larry gives me for 45 minutes to an hour. (laughs) Because God ordained it to be that way. In the silliness of all of this, God made it to be this way. And what he does is he says all the things you think you're going to measure your life against, all the quote good you think you're doing, none of that really matters. None of that really adds up because you've missed the mark, which is what the definition of sin is. You have striven for perfection, if in fact you have, and you have failed every single time because the measure is perfection. That's what Jesus Christ is, perfection. He came. He had every opportunity as you and I do on a daily basis to sin and to do the wrong thing. And yet the scriptures tell us he was without sin. He lived the perfect life that none of us could. And he is the standard of perfection. And when I compare myself to the only one that I should absolutely compare myself to and Jesus Christ, do I fail? miserably do i even come close no could i even compare myself for a few hours probably not because the reality is we are not able to go without sinning we are not able to go without lying and cheating and stealing we are not able to do these things and we needed someone who could So what is the standard? What is the the measure of a man? And again, I mean mankind. What is the measure of mankind? It's the requirements of God and the character of our Redeemer. The requirements of God and the character of our Redeemer. In a word, you could say perfection. Perfection. I think today this is why we have a real serious problem and why so many times the power of God is absent in the preaching of the Word of God. Because we don't teach, some don't teach a standard. So you can walk into many churches today and have your best life now. And it costs you nothing. If you want to follow the Lord, you're going to have to give something up. That may be bad news to a few of you. You may want to leave. But listen to what I'm telling you. The problem with many churches today, and the reason there's an absence of the power of God in the word of God, is not because he's absent, but it's because we don't teach a standard of perfection that Christ carried. We do not teach or talk about the need for conviction for having missed the mark because of your sin, and we do not preach about repentance. We have replaced the word with of repentance with acceptance. And this is a real problem in our churches. In fact, if you go back and look, and I've talked about this before in the Scripture, this whole concept of accepting Christ, who's the one that does the accepting? The offended party. Who is the offended party? Jesus Christ. Over and over again, the Scripture tells us that we have this when we use this term backwards. Really, God accepts us. I don't accept Him. I have no standing to accept Him because I don't measure up. You see, we fail to preach these things. We fail to teach that there is truth. We fail to teach that there is right and wrong. We fail to remind people not only of the commands of God, but of the character of the one who came and lived a perfect life. And we tend to walk out the door and think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm okay. I came to church this week. I cursed once less. You know, whatever it is. But brothers and sisters, listen. You will be measured against a perfect standard. And the result of that measurement is 100% without any hesitation, condemnation to an eternal suffering in hell except for Jesus Christ because He's the only one who could meet the standard. And so what we have to do, what God requires, is that when He reveals this to our heart and our minds and our spirit, that we would respond with grief and turmoil, that we would know, look, we have missed the very point. We have missed the mark. We are not living the way we should. I can compare myself to Bob or Joe or whoever, and I might think that I'm better than them, but when I compare myself to Christ, I'm absolutely nothing. I might compare myself to myself, but when I compare myself to God, I'm absolutely nothing. I might compare myself to someone else and kind of help cut them down a little bit. But the reality is I'm absolutely nothing. And until we come to that knowledge and understanding, the Lord isn't ready to accept us. And that's a hard truth. Now, we can go and think, well, Ben, you're giving us all a really hard time today. I'm a, I'm a fairly good person. Let's walk through that real quick. Um. Uh, Murder, I'm assuming nobody's done that. All right, got that commandment, we're good. Adultery, I'm not going to ask for hands. Stealing. Blaspheming. Worshipping other gods. False idols. And just real quick, before you think, well, I don't have an idol at my house, you may very well not, but you've probably got one in your pocket, as much as we use our phones. Honoring parents. Uh-oh, is this group over here. <laughs> now, don't laugh too hard. You know you were sitting right there not too many years ago. The Sabbath. What about lying? What about coveting? Uh-oh. What about loving your neighbors yourself? How do you measure up to that one? That's really hard. Really hard. Who's your neighbor? the people you come in contact with. I do want to make this distinction. We're not talking about do you love the people you've never met living on another continent. I'm asking you, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people who physically are your neighbors wherever you live, the people who are sitting in the pews next to you, the people who you are in line with at the grocery store, the people who serves you when you go to a restaurant, do you love these people? Measure yourself to how God loves them and ask yourself, do you measure up? Now let me hit the big one here, the one that brought me to the point that I finally realized that I had missed the mark and put me under conviction. Do you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind? Because I'd always been in church. I'd always been a good boy, quote, unquote. But boy, I remember the day that I realized I didn't love God. Do you really love God? What are some of your responses when you realize you don't measure up? Well, you can deny the standard. Oh, that's... that's we don't use that kind of ruler here. We, we use a different measurement. In fact, I'm pretty sure something like that happened in Genesis. And the serpent said to Eve, is that really what God said? Did he really say don't do this? You see, we can know the, what God tells us to do. We can know the standard and we can know we're not measuring up. So we can just say, well, that really wasn't what he meant. Right? Somehow, riddle me this, somehow the Bible now doesn't mean the same thing it did like 10 years ago. Interesting. According to some people. We can just deny the standard. Other times, when we realize we're not measuring up, we can just look inward for comfort. We call that pride. I'm I'm actually really, I'm I'm, I'm good. It's all right. We see this in the media and the movies all the time. As long as we love each other. Okay. Sometimes when we don't measure up, we will form a uh, mutual admiration society we'll gather other people who are just as messed up as we are and then make ourselves feel more better about ourselves. Ever had that happen? Ever seen that happen? I think it's easy for some of us who have a bit more age to look at younger folks and see them doing this. But the reality is I think it happens with adults probably just as bad. We just don't recognize it in our own selves. We don't recognize that we tend to hang around the people who are like us. We tend to seek out those who are like us. Because you know, it's not always comfortable to seek out people who are better than we are, is it? Because then we realize, I need to get better at this. I'll just share with you. Gave a lot of thought and prayer to who to invite to come for our revival. And you know one of my criteria, I'll tell you it's really selfish. I needed somebody who could help me. Not that you all can't help me, but it's different. I needed among other things, somebody who could come, who could show me a standard that I could pursue because I needed the iron to sharpen the iron. Because standing up here every Sunday and not going to other churches and not hearing other people is lonely. I don't see the standard as clearly. I need someone to show me that. So I didn't want a novice. I didn't want someone new. Maybe next year we'll have somebody who's young and new, and I'll be ready to lean into them. But this year I needed somebody to help me too. And that's okay. And we should do that. We should find our other peers who say, you know what? You're better at this. Help me be better. You're good at this. Teach me. You're really good at pointing out where I'm failing. Open book. Tell me so I can be better, so that I can measure up. But all too often, we tend to go the other way, and we go down, and we find the people who are not quite as good as us or misbehaving, and nobody will notice that I don't measure up if I'm in a crowd of people who are below me. Sometimes we just condemn people outside of our group. We other them, if you want to call it that. Those people. That church. That group. That gender. That race. Whatever you want to call it. We just step outside of all of it. But the reality of all of this, and I want to come to a conclusion, is we need to come face-to-face with the standard and the measure, which is what God commands and the character that Jesus Christ had. And we need to sincerely measure ourselves against that. That is the only standard that we have. Now, others, as I said, can help us come in and they can help lead and guide and direct us. They can give us uh, encouragement. They can point out where we should do better. And all of these things are good and valuable. The scripture says that we should absolutely be seeking other people to help build us up. But ultimately, it comes down to one and one standard only. And that is a perfect standard. And we fail. We need to be obedient to Him either for salvation or sanctification. What do I mean by that? We need to be obedient to follow the standard. And that might mean that you suddenly realize or realize again that you are not meeting the standard. That you're either really wicked and bad Or you're just kind of marginally okay. Or maybe you think, and I'm pretty good. But compare yourself to the standard, and you're nothing. And when you can finally get yourself and you can get the pride out of the way and the wickedness that's in your heart and you can finally humble yourself before God and let him show you just how good he is and how wicked you are and you finally realize that you don't deserve anything that God wants to give you and you come to him and say, God, please forgive me for all the times that I failed you. I love you. I want to follow you. I want to be yours. I want you to have me. I will give up anything I can to if only I could have the Salvation and the peace that only you can give. And until he does that and he accepts you, then you're not saved. And you need to be. Many of us have come to that point in our lives, some of us very young, some older, some at different points and in different ways. But many of us have come to that point that we're like, listen, I know that I'm saved. I know that I am God's, that He has accepted me, that I fell on my face, whether physically or spiritually, and cried out to God, and He saved me and has forgiven me. And now I'm supposed to be obedient to Him and try my hardest to follow His example, which is perfection. Now, here's the funny thing. You see, salvation, Christ's blood, his sacrifice for us, covers our sins. And then he asks us to do or continue to do the impossible. Try to be more like him. And over time, we will be, what the scripture says, sanctified. We will become more like him. And so here's a really hard question. If you measure yourself against the Lord against perfection are you further along than you were five years ago are you further along than you were three years ago are you living closer to the lord are you following his standard more than you were a month ago Because the goal of the Christian life after you've been saved is to become more like him and you will work at it your entire life and you will have times that you fly forward spiritually and then times that you crawl, times that you move forward a few inches and then take a whole step backwards, times that someone comes along like I did and cuts you down and struggles. But we should never Stop pursuing that. I want to read two verses before we close. How important is it to have standards? Well, Leviticus 19 says, Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, width, or volume. Your scales and weights must be accurate. Your container for measuring dry material or liquids must be accurate. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. See, we like to talk about these Ten Commandments. Many people don't realize that it didn't end there. There's 614, 611, some odd commandments that are clearly outlined in the Scriptures, and this is one of them. Now, what does this mean for us today? I mean, do I need to come to your house and check your measuring bowls and your tape measures? No. But what I'm telling you is standards Are important to God. And honestly evaluating yourself in light of his standards is something we should do. And if we don't do it, God will do it for us. Saw that in Daniel 5.27. The hand appears in the wall and writes a message to the king. And Daniel comes in to interpret. And one of the things that he says, Daniel 5.27, it means. Weighed. And he says, You have been weighed on the balances and have been found wanting. Or you could say, You've been weighed and have not measured up. Brothers and sisters, there is a standard. That standard is absolute perfection, and none of us have obtained it. And we could go on about our life and say, Well, no one can, so I'm going to give up. Or no one can, so I'm going to cut this person down to make them look worse. Or you could even have, even, even, still even wrong, because no one can stand up to it, you might say, well, I'm going to try and try and try and try. But you know what? You're never going to measure up until you're confronted by your own sinfulness and you come face to face with perfection and you give up. Because only Christ is perfection. And so I want us to really consider And I want us to really ask, do we measure up to God? If you do not measure up, if you've never been cleansed, if you've never been saved, then this is the time that you have to go to him and seek that that you have to call on Him and beg Him to come into your life and to show you. This is the time that you have to put away your pride and your selfishness and your personal ambitions and all the things in life that wrap you up and get us all excited, the wisdom and knowledge of this world. You have to lay all that aside before God and say, God, I will do anything you want, just help me. And for those of us who have been saved, we have to really ask ourselves, are we measuring ourselves against the world standard? Are we measuring ourselves against someone else's standard? Are we measuring ourselves against our own standard? Or are we measuring ourselves against Christ's standard? Now, as I closed last Sunday, I'm going to do it again the same way. Instead of saying this is a time for reflection, it's a time for obedience. It's a time for obedience. If God has spoken to your heart, it's time you do whatever he led you to do. And if God is not speaking to your heart, I'm going to talk about that for just a second. If God is not speaking to your heart, you need to ask him to. You got to ask him. That means if you have to beg him, you need to do it. Because in that you will learn and in that you will find. It wasn't God who was absent. It's you. So let's have a time of obedience. Time for prayer.